All men are created equal, but they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Fight, liberty, and the If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Make America great again. The Big Mac. Welcome back to the Big MIG. I'm your host, Lance Miliaccio. George Ballantine back in the saddle after a long weekend of slaving away. George, what's going on, brother? George is fucking tired. That's what it's going on. Really tired. <laughs> I'm fighting here, folks. I'm fighting, but, but I got my friends coming on. I got to fight for them, too. These guys, you better bring your A game for these guys. You're going to need it. I don't always uh, got my A game, bro. Well, I, you know, I know you do. You, but you are a hardworking guy. You did some mm -hmm. investigative stuff over the weekend for us too, which is pretty interesting. I I'm excited about the story. Mm -hmm. So, here we are, back here, tip of the spear. If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. And today we're going to do a lot of that. Uh, there's so much stuff going on in D.C. We were just having a, a discussion backstage in the green room about accountability and how sometimes. Uh, there's so many of us that are fighting to get the truth out there, that are fighting to educate people, that are fighting to unify the populace. And when we come out and we expose the truth, uh, great investigative journalists, fighters, whistleblowers, and everyone else, uh, sometimes it gets to be a little much because you're hoping something's going to happen. You're hoping that here comes the cavalry. And as we've gone further along and we see the corruption in D.C., we see the corruption of the FBI, the DOJ, Border Patrol, they ought to be called the welcome wagon at this point because they sure as hell aren't protecting our border. Uh, and, you know, we know this is coming from the top down and not, in no way am I trying to indicate that this is just Joe Biden's administration. Yeah, the Democrats suck, but I have to be honest with you, I think the Republicans suck nearly as much. It's a uniparty. They don't care about America. They don't care about the people. And the people means you, I, our kids, our grandkids, our mothers, fathers, grandparents. Uh, that's why we have to be the ones to make a difference. We have to unify the country, forget about religion, forget about race, forget about politics, and we have to work together to take the country back from these low-life POSs. And I got to tell you, I want to sit here and just use my Bronx four-letter vocabulary. George and I are actually trying to do a better job of cursing less, although I don't know how well it's going. <laughs> George, how do you feel about that? It's not going too well, is it? <laughs> uh, when I'm tired, you know, I can't account for my actions right now, so if something slips out, too effing bad. Yeah, well, it comes well, out. I, I, you know, the problem is the F-bomb for me is an adjective, an adverb, a pronoun. A well, noun. let's put it to you this way. We, <laughs> we want to be comfortable. We want our we want our guests to be comfortable. And you're going to find out because we have one of them is Steve Gray. You know, he always goes professional suit and tie guy on, on when he's on Fox and all them other liberal shows. Tonight, he ain't. <laughs> you know why? Because he ain't with the FBI because they suck. Plain and simple. He left. He retired. He, he did the smart thing because they don't want to do nothing for anybody anyway. So he's going to relax. Can I have a good time? Definitely not in a suit and tie. 
Can't wait. Well, here's the thing. We've got two, what I would call two experts, two patriots, two guys that believe in America first. They both made life decisions because they weren't willing to compromise their ethics, their morals, their integrity. Uh, They're joining us tonight. It's uh, Kyle Serafin and Steve Gray. Listen, throw up the thumbnail real quick just to give them a tone of where we're going with this tonight. George, throw up Media Zero. Damn, snuck that in, Lance. There we go. Well, hey, you know, you're usually Johnny on the spot. I got to throw it to you. Two good-looking guys. Look at them. Look fierce. Look at the eyes. There's fierce pain in them eyes. They want to hurt somebody. Well, here we are. We got to talk about Bowman. We're going to talk about the cartels and their new new project of gun manufacturing that they want to bring here into the U.S. Uh, Listen, let's talk about Kyle Serafin first. You know, he's a federal whistleblower, former FBI special agent, U.S. Air Force veteran, combat dive and pararescue. He worked for Mexico US Air, Air, with the U.S. Air Force pararescue and paramedics. Went to the FBI Academy at Quantico. Uh, was assigned to Washington field office in 16. He's worked counterintelligence investigations. Uh, and, and let me say this, this guy has attempted to expose the underbelly of the FBI over and over and over again. He's been on Fox News, Newsmax, First Network, Real America's Voice, Salem Media. He's a regular guest with Dan Bongino. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. He's been interviewed by Tucker Carlson, Sebastian Gorka. Uh, you know, but he's, a, I want to say this. If you know Kyle, he's a very religious guy. He's very family driven, great parent. You can tell in just the posts that he puts up, got a great sense of humor. Um, all I can say is that he is a well-known person in the community and very trusted, and I trust him and I call him a friend. Uh, so he's going to be joining us. And then we've got Steve Gray. Now, here's a guy who's really highly accomplished. He was New York City FBI agent and supervisor, had 32 years of law enforcement experience, knowledgeable, tr- you know, travel team, security professional. You know, with, he's, a lo- he's got a love and passion for sports. He's a team player. Uh, you know, he's been an established manager in risk management. He's refined his skills working as an FBI agent, uh, at, you know, at Newark, New Jersey. He's worked the Super Bowl, World Series, PGA, U.S. Open. I mean, this guy is um, in high demand. He's very knowledgeable. Again, another whistleblower that has tried to bring the truth out over and over again, hoping that somebody would bring the accountability that's necessary in D.C. And tonight, we're putting Representative Democrat Jamal Bowman on the hot seat. And everybody that doesn't know this story, we're going to give you a little background, but I'm sure most everybody's heard the story so far. George, I mean, Bowman, throw up Media One so everybody can take a look at him, would you? I'm surprised he's not in jail. Well, we would be. I would be in jail. George would be in jail. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, You know, that's what they would do. There's no hesitation. They'd probably call the corrupt FBI agents to come lock us up. Yeah. Well, actually, they start with the Capitol Police. Then they'd probably get us for being domestic terrorists. Yeah. Kind of like what they did with the J6 defendants. No, no, white domestic terrorists. You got that right. Yeah. Uh, Media One. I think I'm Media One up. Oh, I'm sorry. I I don't know why I didn't catch that. Okay. All right. So that's Bowman. So the whole story goes, let's bring on Steve Gray and uh, Kyle Serafin. Let's. Gonna... These are experts. That's what we do here at the Big Mig. We know we are not the experts. Kyle, thank you so you very much for joining us. How are you, man? I'm great. You want to hear a little funny story about when I first saw Steve Gray? Because we didn't work together, obviously. Right? Uh-huh. I saw him on our mutual friend Sebastian Gorka's show. 
he was doing interviews running for governor or running for uh, Congress rather. And I'm seeing him out there talking about some of the issues going on in the bureau. And I was already on unpaid suspension in my house in New Mexico, which I had to sell. And so I'm watching him on the screen. It was the only time I've ever had a, a, a TV screen in my bedroom. So my wife and I were sitting in bed, looking out there, like getting ready to shut down the night. And I'm watching this guy come on. I go, Oh, this is FBI agent coming on. I better watch this thing up. And Steve is every bit. Uh, he's every bit the Patriot you described, but even more uh, he's, He's more chill when he doesn't have a suit on. I like catching him uncuffed. When you, when, <laughs> when you dress him down a little bit, he takes a little bit of that edge off, and you get a little bit of that real like New York agent flavor, which is what I like to see too. So I can I can attest to that because I definitely met him in person. He was just wearing jeans, t-shirt. I got the pictures to prove it, Steve. He's, he's got the biceps to prove it too. When he's outside the suit, you can see the uh, the gun show. That just tells you about <laughs> his that just shows you about his character because you like he was when he was an FBI agent, he was trying to represent himself and the agency as best as he could. And, you know, so props to Steve. 100%. Steve, Steve Gray, you know, I know you haven't been doing a lot of interviews lately, and I just want to thank you for coming on the show. We've wanted you on for a long time. We supported you when you were making your run, run for uh, your congressional run. And we'd support you again. We'd love to see you do it. We'd love to see you in there. We'd love to have somebody on the ground that we knew was trustworthy and honest and had integrity. So what, what's been going on? How you been doing? Uh, I'm doing great. I want to thank you and George for having me on and Kyle for uh, coming on with me. I appreciate it. Um, thanks for the kind words. Um, no, I have not done interviews. Uh, my last interview was April. Um, and the reason is, is because uh, I'm going on these major news networks and I'm talking about problems within the FBI and what needs to be done. And nobody was listening. Uh, I, I never got a call from a congressman. I never got a call from a state representative, um, a senator, anybody in the business. Nobody, nobody wanted to um, find out exactly how we were going to clean up the FBI. We had, you know, there's a lot of good people out there that want to do this, but there's nobody coming forward with the power to make the changes happen. And if nobody's going to nobody's reaching out to me then i felt like i wasn't as effective as i could be so um i stepped away and uh, i took a you know a job and uh went back to work and tried to make some money yeah well we all have to do that that's for sure and and absolutely uh for our listeners the big mig mafia they like to call themselves and our subscribers uh we we all have to make money and the truth is a lot of times this is a thankless position that we're in fighting for the country because there are so many people that are still brainwashed we see it on social media i saw a bunch of it on x today uh as as i'm sure kyle did because i saw him in and out of there today george oversees it on all it's, the platforms yeah it's the so worst we're, we're, we're looking for stories we're doing investigations and we're interacting so everybody knows that this is not always the easiest thing to come here every day and put a game face on because we all, you know, love the country. We all, regardless of whatever our backgrounds are in the past, we all came to this epiphany moment when we decided that we couldn't continue to go along with it and we couldn't continue to sit on the sidelines. Uh, you know, I was never a politically driven guy in my early years. I had a completely different perspective on the world and a lot of things changed. My daughter, God, lots of things came into my life that made a difference. Here I am now trying to make a difference. And it's, it is frustrating at times because we're all fighting for it. We see somebody like Bowman who clearly broke the law. Clearly they used the same criminal charges and we're gonna get into this right now that they, the same crime that he committed is what people in the J6, uh, you know, uh, Fed surrection are in jail for right at this moment. 
you know, he said he mistakenly triggered a fire alarm in this congressional office building Saturday as they were preparing to vote. Now, his, his, his big play is that he did it mistakenly. Now, a lot of people said, oh, did he do it? Is he guilty? I heard that going on and on. Meanwhile, as you guys have seen, there were pictures everywhere showing that he did it. Clearly, it clearly accidental, obviously. Well, clearly accidental, although we've seen some evidence come out now that looks like he was quite agitated. So right, you guys accidentally thoughts, on purpose is what I meant. I, I, gotta, right. I just got to, I mean, Kyle, tell me your thoughts. How do you feel about him so far and how he's handling the situation? I think that there's this kind of fun little breakdown. Uh, my buddy Dan Bongino talks about the the danger in this country are what he calls the stupid smart people. And, and it's possible <laughs> your audience are familiar with this idea. The stupid smart people are the educated people that have uh, no common sense, right? And a lot of them make up the Democrat Party. And, and I've kind of come up with a corollary to the stupid smart people. And that's the smart stupid people. The smart stupid people seem to be the entirety of the squad and anybody that's operating on that level. So these are the people that have decided that even though they are complete morons in real life, and the things they say are absurd and stupid. They have the ability to turn public opinion and manipulate people's senses. And they have learned how to play on this, the, the stupid smart people. And so the smart, stupid people are really dangerous because they're the ones out there running the show. They're, they have lower intellectual capacity. They have a lower horsepower, but they got better transmission. They're getting action on the ground. They're actually getting things moving forward. And they're getting people that should know better to do things and agree with them. And to that point, um, Bowman actually put out talking points for his uh, Democrat colleagues and said, you need to come to my defense. And if there's one thing that we can probably agree on, and there is definitely a swampy sort of uniparty experience that we've all kind of seen, there's something very interesting about the way you can look at the difference between the Republicans and the Democrats for me. And I'm neither. I'm a, I'm an independent that's very conservative. That's kind of my world, right? I, I cannot get excited about a political party. It's, it, it grosses me out. But what I do see is this. The Republicans are the party that wants to lose more slowly. And that is the nature maybe of being a conservative, that you are conserving, you are defending at all times. So you're always on defense and you're always losing a little bit of ground. But man, you got to give at least the respect to the smart, stupid people, the ones running the Democrat Party, because what they do is they win. They are progressive on all fronts, whether it makes sense or not. We need to protect all black lives, but we're also really into killing black babies because we're pro-abortion. Like that sort of statement is completely illogical. It would, I would wake up with a migraine. I can't do that. that. You have to be kind of a little bit stupid to be able to handle that. But they are always attacking on all fronts. Doesn't matter whether it's guns, whether it's a messaging campaign, whether it's all the other kind of progressive agenda they have. And they don't have to be aligned. They're just... They're closing in on territory from all sides. And if they get a little bit of circular firing squad, they don't care. And so they're going to defend this guy 100%. Like, that's what it looks like. And then I'm going to go to Steve next here in a minute. But I agree with you. I think I think that they are much more organized. The narratives and these fomented plots that they've created come with instruction manuals. Where the Republicans, I feel like so often, I feel like they're late to the game and they're winging it. Let's face it. If you take the organized, uh, the organized social media influencers, the groups they're paying, they actually have a war room at the White House where they're provided instruction manuals for the upcoming narratives. Those are also disseminated through email and text message as something comes up. So if you're dealing with a Brooklyn dad or a JoJo from Jurors or the Krasenstein <laughs> brothers or Harry Sisson, and you're dealing with those groups, they're organized because they've got a funnel narrative already created that's provided by the government. Steve, give me your thoughts on that. No, I agree 100%. And, and, and to, to Kyle's point, listen, I worked bank fraud for years, and I specialized in complex scams. Um, these are the individuals that were stealing the life savings of elderly people across the United States. 
And I can't distinguish between those individuals that I was chasing down for the scams and those individuals that are running the squad at this point right now. Um, that's exactly where we're at. And uh, I, I feel that, um, you know, I think that I, I really believe that he should be charged under, um, uh, I think it's uh, 1505, which is yeah. uh, basically obstructing Congress because, um, look, they did it to our January 6th protesters. And what a lot of your readers don't understand or may not know about me is that I had a very, uh, I had an awesome FBI career. I could have worked another seven or eight years um, and continued on. But the way that they were treating the January 6th protesters and the way the FBI was running out and arresting them, they understand I was the coordinator, the arrest coordinator. So these these, these arrests would come across my desk. And we mm -hmm. were sending out 10-man FBI teams armed to the teeth to basically break in the door of elderly individuals, 60, 70, 75, 80 years old, that just happened to be standing on the steps of the Capitol. And we, they were arresting these individuals and then bringing them back to my office where they were pro, uh, processing them. These poor individuals had a clue what was going on. And um, basically what we have here is the Justice Department and the FBI and the Biden administration was trying to make an example out of them. Well, now, now it's our turn and Bowman needs to be made an example of. What he did was wrong. He interrupted uh, the congressional proceedings and um, there's just no way. And I, I, I said it out on Twitter. Let's take the polygraph and see what he has to say about it. I saw, I, that. Saw that, I saw that fire alarm. <laughs> and it clearly is marked fire across it. And yeah. underneath it says alarm and it's as red as, red as you can get. You mean um, it, didn't, it didn't say door switch? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. But the well, you got to give the guy. He needs to man up and he needs to come forward and say, yeah, I did this. I'll take the consequences. What are <laughs> Go the ahead how they operate. What are the consequences in Washington, D.C.? He goes to trial in front of a Democratic jury and they let him off the hook because that's yep. the way it goes these days. Yeah. If you have these cities, New York, Chicago, Washington, D.C., and you have a Democrat, especially a politician who is on the hot seat or on the trial and you get the jury seated nine times out of ten, they're going to let this guy off the hook just because he's a Democrat. Well, you know, there is a criminal statute for pulling a fire alarm, number one. I, if somebody's going to yeah, that's criminally... outside of even 1505. There's actual federal statute, and let's let me say this: everything sure. in D.C. is a federal zone, so everything is a federal crime. This isn't a state level crime, even on the fire alarm. When you go into a federal zone like the Capitol building where they own the property, it's 100% everything in there is federal. So at this point, even pulling the fire alarm that stands outside of 1505, 1505 is the is kind of an extension of that. But I believe there's multiple crimes because I start to look at what he violated as far as the uh, guidelines are for senators and congressmen and his behavior. There's a whole set of laws behind that additionally. You know, in a statement, let me read this, George, and then you can throw up media too, and then I'm going to let you comment because I want to hear what you have to say because I know you're chomping at the bit. He admitted to pulling the fire alarm, which he said he regretted, but he disputed that he did so to delay the vote, as many Republicans inserted. He was about, they were about to vote on this bipartisan bill to keep the government open for another 45 days and avoid a shutdown. It sounds like it wasn't going the way he wanted it to go. And we're going to see some of that behavior. Put up media too, George, because this is his actual official statement that came off his website. 
And he goes on here, I want to personally clear up confusion surrounding today's events. Today, as I was running, rushing to make a vote, I came to a door that is usually open for votes, but today would not open. I am embarrassed to admit that I activated the alarm mistakenly, thinking it would open the door. I regret this and sincerely apologize for any confusion it caused. It goes blah, 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 but I want to be very clear that I wasn't trying to interrupt the vote. You know, George, your thoughts on this? To me, it's just uh, I don't listen. It's, C it's CYA time. Cover whether, your ass because you made a mistake. Whether he was trying to interrupt a vote or not is re is regardless because he pulled a damn alarm. So right there's a, that's mm -hmm. a criminal criminal activity right there. So he should be charged. I think you were telling me earlier, Lance. He he was a teacher at a school for so long. Yeah, I think that's the smoking gun information here. Yeah. Clearly, he he wasn't only a he teacher. A he was a principal. So clearly he, he understands school. Yeah, he understands emergency services yeah. like fire alarms and no wonder and, those and, kids and, were <laughs> fucked up during that time when he was principal. <laughs> it was always gonna come out that way. Oh Look, God. the guy, you know, he has he has a uh he's got a bachelor's degree, he's got a master's degree, and he's got a doctorate of education. He's the doctorate in the same way that Joe Biden is. And then uh, he spent nine years running a school in the Bronx. So you're telling me this guy's never conducted a fire drill? Look, I, my, my silly <laughs> tweet from this uh, from this Sunday as we left church, my six-year-old had a choice because she, uh, I, I'm carrying the baby <laughs> thing. we got a five-week-old right now, so I'm carrying one of those, you know, enormous uh, car seats that you unstrap and it's got like a bastonet thing. So I'm, I'm carrying that. So I got, you know, less free hands. I can open the door, but you know, my kid is really excited about it because she's six and she wants to be a big helper. And she walked up. And on the left-hand side is a red box that has a piece of glass on it. There's a fire extinguisher right next to it. And that is one option to open the door. Or she could push the button that everyone pushes right next to the door that's got a handicap symbol on it. It says open door on it. It's all in blue and silver. And it's a square that everyone's seen at every mall everywhere. It's got the universal access thing. And guess what? She knows what to push, and so does my four-year-old. So you're telling me that a grown man who's 47 years old with advanced degrees doesn't know how to handle that. It's absurd. I actually sent you guys over the uh, his talking points that just leaked. Politico just took this out a couple of minutes ago. I saw it just before we went on air. And mm. they leaked the talking points that he sent around to his Democrat colleagues. And they're they're pretty telling. It says oh, this we is need to a put messaging that up. guide. Did you send that to my email? I, I sent it over to your signal. So, so it just says messaging guidance. It, it says how you can support Jamal Bowman after the accidental fire alarm. And if you got any problems, reach out to Emma on his staff and she'll help you out. And what you can do is you can point out the extreme MAGA Republicans and you can make sure that you make reference to the Nazi side of the Republican Party. He's since had to walk these back even in the last couple hours because he looks like a fool using the word Nazi on this kind of stuff. So it's just it, it's telling when you got to go out there and do a messaging campaign because you're a moron and you pushed a button. You thought you were going to get some reaction. You obviously didn't. And you could charge them under the same statutes that you've seen these J6ers. A lot of these guys on J6 are getting the same criminal complaint. It's under 18 U.S.C. 1512. It's not the 1505. They're getting the 1512 and it's subsection C2, which just says corruptly obstructs a proceeding and it's punishable by 20 years. This is the stuff that guys from the Proud Boys are sitting in jail for. So no violence required, no intent required on that statute. It just means that you did this thing and, uh, you, you know, you went out there and, and you obstructed or, you know, there's, there's even a little bit more language to it. Uh, obstructs, influence or impedes an official proceeding. Impedes doesn't mean that you intended to. It just means that you did a thing. You impeded the proceeding. And pulling a fire alarm and getting people to evacuate certainly is an impediment. Now, should we be in a world where either one of those things are being pushed on Proud Boys who are walking around or parading the Capitol or this guy? No. But if it's good for the goose, might as well be good for the gander. Let's go. Let's push it down the line. So Yeah, I agree. George, the reason, I sent you the link for that if we can get that yeah, document. I don't know. George has an issue with yeah. his camera. Are we, are we to believe that this dude didn't know to pull that? If you pull that, what's going to happen? Look at that big red thing on the, the wall. Door. I mean, it could. Come on. Yeah. 
Well, George, do you have Media 2A, that video? I, I think know. that's pretty pretty telling also. Uh, and then MTG did a good job, and she actually showed. You ready? The, yeah, go ahead. Uh, do you still stand by your statement that when uh, fire alarm was announced? You know, I don't know why this has gotten so much attention. I was literally just in a rush to go vote, man. That's all it was. <laughs> Are you afraid of any repercussions, either from leadership or from legally from Capitol Police? I, I mean, listen, I take responsibility for what I did, you know, but like I said, I was in a rush to go vote, and, uh, you know, the investigation will, will, will sort everything else out. Uh, have you talked to Jeffries about it? Oh, yeah, of course. That's day one. Yes. How was that conversation? Well, I got to keep that between me and the leader, so I'm not going to share that publicly. Yeah, uh-huh. but we've been in touch with each other. Well, that's that's his position. Uh, George is going to bring his camera back up. He's doing a reset. That's his position on it. MTG, we're going to do the follow-up for this, and then, Steve, I'm going to have you comment. Uh, MTG actually went to the exact door that Jamal had uh, decided that the fire alarm was was the right choice (laughs) versus the silver handicap button. I don't know if it had a silver handicap button, but I'm thinking of Kyle's daughter. We were laughing about it online. I teased him that... (laughs) She was ready to get into Mensa. He said, no, we only go with uh, <laughs> Kyle. What is Triple Nine Society. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, uh, well, MTG, George, if you get a chance, Media 2B when you get a chance, I throw got that you. up. I got yeah. it right now. So here's the thing. Here's MTG walking you through how everybody goes to vote. Here we go. And she said everybody knows about it. So here we go. This is pretty interesting. Hi, everyone. We are at the infamous door where Jamal Bowman claims he had to pull a fire alarm to get out. Now these doors are open on weekdays. Every member of Congress knows that, everybody that works here knows that. But on Saturdays and Sundays, they are locked and only certain doors are open on Saturdays and Sundays. Now come on over here. This right here is a fire alarm. Nowhere does it say, pull the fire alarm to open the exit door. Doesn't say that and I think ex-middle school principals know better. Let me show you how we go when we need to go vote. I know this because my office is in here in Keenan Building. Come on, go this way. Oh, look, there's stairs. Jamal Bowman didn't pull the fire alarm to try to get out of the building because he had to rush to go vote. I know that for a fact because I also work in the Cannon Office building 
And I watched Catherine Clark, the Democrat whip, make a motion to adjourn. And then within minutes, Jamal Bowman pulled a fire alarm and he knew he was pulling a fire alarm because he's a former middle school principal. And then he ran out of the building and didn't tell anybody he did that. And this building was evacuated for over an hour and Congress had to hold the vote open. That's usually only 15 minutes on the first vote. They held it open for over an hour as well. There's some serious problems for Jamal Bowman and he needs to be prosecuted for violating the same federal law that they are prosecuting January 6th defendants and President Trump. So why George is resetting his camera, Steve. Okay, so you guys have both investigated many criminals, many crimes. Uh, so far, how's the evidence looking on the case against Bowman being innocent? <laughs> it's looking, he's guilty of sin, I'm telling you. You can't, you can, there's no way any reasonable person can look at that fire alarm and think that it was fair to open up the door. It's just not, it's not, it's not, it's a complete yeah. lying through his teeth. Here's the, what's worse though, Lance, what a lot of people aren't looking at is, is that, you know, People could have died during this event, right? Mm -hmm. People could have heard that a fire alarm, not known what was going on. They could have mm -hmm. had a heart attack, right? Um, they could have tripped and fell and broke bones. Um, yep. Trying to get out of the Capitol, not knowing what's going on. Um, there's a lot of things that could have transpired with him pulling that alarm. And when you look at that alarm and you see it, and um, you see it clear as day, it says fire across there. There's no way in the world that he could distinguish that that was not a fire alarm. He's lying through his teeth. Yeah, I think that thumbs down was not for you, Steve, but for uh, George's camera that he's having an issue with. Oh, but yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I think it's so obvious sometimes. And when I think of DC anymore, I, that no one tells the truth. None of them tell the truth anymore. And, and the, the bickering and foot stomping that doesn't lead to any effective results, I'm tired of it. Kyle, you know, so far you've seen the evidence to this point. We're going to try to get those notes up that you sent. I sent George the link over there at Signal. We'll see if we can get those on because that sounds like a huge piece of information you provided us. Uh, Bowman, so far, is he looking guilty? He looks ridiculous. And moreover, the, uh, the lead of his party, Joe Biden, is really, really keen and this kind of segues to what we'll be talking about a little bit later, I think. But he's really keen to tell us that, you know, all of our amendments, all of our, our constitutionally protected liberties have significant limits on them. And the big one they love to talk about is there's limits on the Second Amendment because you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. That could be dangerous, which goes directly to what Steve just said. You're creating an unnecessary emergency. Now, I was a paramedic for a decade. I've been on ambulances. I've run to fire calls. I've done medical calls. When people pull emergency alarms, First of all, every emergency results in people doing things that are completely illogical. If you ever want to see the dumbest human behavior, turn on lights and sirens, and Steve can probably attest to this too, turn on lights and sirens and try to drive anywhere around normal people. Apparently, they're not teaching that in driver's ed anymore. People don't pull off to the right and stop. They stop where they are, they speed, they cut you off, they go and they parallel on the left, they'll stop in the middle of an HOV lane. I mean, I've done it outside of D.C., I've done it in other cities as well. Uh, I've probably done it in 20 or 30 different cities in the United States. It gets really weird really fast. So you pull a fire alarm 
You're going to have a bunch of ladies wearing really high heels that are illogical to me, but that's what they do. And they work in Congress and they're trying to keep, you know, they're trying to be professional and they're trying to look nice. And they're going to be running across those marble floors that we just saw MTG running or not running. She was walking. Imagine people in a panic trying to get out of a building like that. That's dangerous. So the whole idea of the fire in a crowded theater is that it creates an unnecessary risk to people because it is a not real emergency. And he just created, introduced a false emergency for political expediency. And his talking points are this. This is a bullet point, point number two, that uh, Jamal Bowman's office looked out. And I'm going to direct quote it. The direct quote starts with this. Quote, look, if you've been in the Capitol complex on the weekend, you know there's only one or two ways to get in or out. And it causes confusion for staffers and members alike. It goes on. It's a whole paragraph of, look, I'm just trying to be a reasonable guy here. That's not reasonable. And the first thing they do is what aboutism. They say, you got to really worry about the extreme reach on the part of the MAGA Republicans. They always want to turn it back on Trump. They always want to turn it back on Republicans. It's always what, what about this? What about that? None of it is like, look, I'm a bonehead. I made a mistake. Anybody could have done it. And I'm, I'm at the mercy of the court system. I'm mercy of the, of the Capitol Police. I'm going to cooperate with their investigation because I blew it. I made a bad decision in the moment. And, you know, me being rushed is not a good experience because there's an awful lot of people that walked into some open doors on January 6, 2021, and they may have made a quote unquote bad decision in the moment. Mm -hmm. Right. I they agree. followed in open doors where Capitol Police officers allowed them in, had a, had a walking tour of the Capitol and walked back out. The okay. people that punch cops go to jail. Nobody's got a problem with that. I don't think anybody would object. Kyle, now, if you walked around and you walked out with some brochures like my buddy Steve Friend interviewed, like, are we serious here? What kind of nation yeah. are we? I'm gonna no, bring, I mean, Lance. I, I, I'm gonna I agree with you. I'm gonna pull the link up for Kyle, and he can um for us. Ready? You guys can yeah. rock. Kyle, it up. walk us through here what you've got here. This is a this is a messaging campaign. This is on his stationery, as you can see. This is Jamal Bowman's, uh, and we archived it because they had it hidden behind a paywall. I didn't want to deal with that. This was over at Wapo, and I don't give him any money if I don't have to. They literally have this. What happened? Here's his explanation. On his way to vote today, Congressman Jamal Bowman was trying to leave the Cannon Office Building. Through the exit he regularly uses for votes but he was thwarted right like this is just like breathless <laughs> silliness so there he is he's being obstructed by this door and what can he do he pulled the alarm in an attempt to open the door which is an honest mistake according to him this is a direct quote an honest mistake he was not attempting to delay the vote that he intended to vote yes on he was simply trying to rush to the capitol and it just goes down further and then it says what he said about it i was trying to get to my vote so he goes on in that you can find his full statement here is which he tweeted pages? out and that was that was absurd. Yeah, and then the second page, then the second page is it's just it just ends with the talking points there. Three oh. talking points. One is what aboutism. One is look, let's be reasonable here about the capital. It's complicated on the weekends because not all the uh, you know in, ingress and egress routes are available to all the people. I imagine he's been there since 2021. He's probably figured out how to get to work on the weekends, you know, or maybe he doesn't work weekends. Maybe he's got that uh, maybe he's got that Fed attitude where he shuts down on Fridays at 3 p.m. Maybe he's, I mean, maybe he's let's be reasonable. They, they've never been reasonable with the J6ers no, when they not. charged him for walking into the Capitol. How about That's the people it. that got charged that never even went to the Capitol? How about the people that got 22 what about if they years? About it? So here's the standard <laughs> that we're at right now. If he had a conversation with anybody in the hallway, which I'm sure the FBI is investigating very heavily, imagine. Uh, are they having that conversation, Steve, where uh, they went out there and interviewed all of his aides to see if he, they thought it was a good idea? Because those people are all, as far as I can tell, seditious conspiracy. No, oh, absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. There's, there's no investigation at all going on with this, period. Nobody's doing anything. Um, I would like to just get him in a room, Bowman, me, myself, by myself, him and me. And I, I'd like to interview him for about 30 minutes. Um, I, I have a feeling he'd leave there crying. I, I would be willing to pay for that polygraph. Maybe, Kyle, you and I should post uh, to pay for a polygraph. We'll, I'll cover the cost. 
and we'll we'll uh, offer to have Steve Gray be part of the process to interview Bowman to see if he's telling the truth. Let's find out if the mens rea of the crime is what he alleges it is, that he made an actual mistake and that he just didn't realize what he was doing. I think he's going to fail the polygraph unless, of course, maybe he takes a Valium and puts some broken glass in his shoe. Not even sure if that works on a polygraph, but we've heard those stories before. What do you think, Kyle? You think it's a good idea? We put up the, uh, I'll pay for the polygraph. We put up the opportunity for him to clear his name. Clear his name. He must want that. I'm sure he does. He doesn't need to. He's got the mainstream media that's running cover for him. So that's right. they're gonna they're gonna run it. Uh, it's better than any any other messaging campaign you could have. Yeah, and you got to remember that the pre-interview to the polygraph is the most important part of the polygraph. So uh, going over those questions and letting him know this is exactly what I'm going to ask you on that polygraph. Um, that gets it set in his head and it goes through his head over and over again. Like, oh my gosh, what's that needle going to do? How's it going to react when I say this? <laughs> And the other thing is, Lance, there's some people that Kyle and I have both been polygraphed multiple times. So um, we had to yeah. go to as part of our job to keep our security clearance. And yeah. we had to tell the truth. And they ask you some pretty wicked questions on that polygraph, um, you know, to make sure that you're, you know, you're living within your means. You're living the, the lifestyle of an FBI agent and you're doing the right thing and always telling the truth. So, you know, we've taken those tests multiple times. And it doesn't matter how many times you take it, it is always hair raising. I mean, once they start slipping everything around you, the, around your chest, on your fingers, the blood pressure cuff. Um, but they also, Lance, I don't know if you know it or not, but they also put something under your feet as well to make yeah. sure you're not pushing down on something. They put it under yeah. your butt too. They put it yeah. under your butt too, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, don't want I you doing do the years ago when I was a contractor, so I, I know some of that because some of the stuff that we were doing for governments, that uh, you know, they obviously put you through some of the ropes. But yeah, absolutely. I'm sure Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, uh, Nadler, Fetterman, I'm sure they've all had polygraphs. Sure. Yeah, well, if they did, the machines <laughs> probably blew up because um, I don't think any of those people you just named are capable of telling the truth ever. I agree. You know, and here and here's the thing. So uh, George outed the smoking gun of the school education along with Kyle. So let's face it, I agree. He probably, as principal, was part of the organizing of fire drills. There are there fire. are videos of him at fire stations and bringing firefighters into his into his school. There is yeah. no chance this man doesn't know what exactly he was getting involved in. It's absurd. It's absurd on his face. But look, the bigger the lie, the more you repeat it, the more likely are uh, we've got a whole host of people that have flocked to it. MSNBC did a whole thing. They said, look, it was no big deal. It just happened. And uh, it was an accident. Let's move on. Why are we even wasting our time? We couldn't have that conversation in January of 2021. The FBI certainly couldn't do it. And, uh, you know, when you have the Capitol Police, which is kind of like a glorified security guard organization, I don't mean to be mean about them, but they're not considered to be, they're not an investigative organization in, in any way, shape, or form. So why would they do anything other than ask him what he said? They work for him. They work for the speakers. Yeah, we've Lance, heard all the gonna, stories. We gotta about take a commercial break. We'll be back, Lance. We'll okay, be, it sounds we'll good. Back we'll talk minutes, about guys. that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. The big MIG, tip of the spear. are in danger. They are watching you. 
Big Brother, Big Tech, and hardened criminals too. Today, everyone is being tracked, then profiled, analyzed, and your information used against you, sold to the highest bidder, or just outright stolen. Even worse, the coming AI state, artificial intelligence, is now watching you like never before. Without privacy, you have no freedom. Every patriot, every American citizen believes we are a government of the people and by the people, not the other way around. So the time to act is now. Reclaim your right to privacy with Alias ID. Learn more at aliasid.com and try these powerful and proven tools that deliver dependable results backed by our $1 million privacy protection guarantee against data breach. It's all yours, risk-free for 45 days. You have nothing to lose but a lifetime of privacy and freedom to regain until Big Brother and Big Tech changes for the better and forever. Wow, it's so soft and smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that? Well, we took my pillow's patented bill and combined it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented my pillow to bring you the best pillow in history, my pillow 2.0. Because of all of you, my pillow 2.0 has been a huge success. And now we're bringing you our best-selling go anywhere my pillows with the same temperature regulating technology. Made with my patented adjustable fill and brand new cooling fabric, they're truly the next generation of MyPillow. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to save over 60% on our MyPillow 2.0 four-pack special. You'll get two MyPillows and two go-anywhere MyPillows, regular $259.92, now only $99.98. King size, just $10 more. This is a limited time offer, so please order now. Right now. Testing.
Lance, hold on. I'm going to put it up. Oh, never mind. I know what happened. Fuck, it's my fault. <laughs> All right, Media 4. Good. So that sign right there, I understand there were several of them near the door. Uh, and, he, and, the, and it's plural that he threw signs. Uh, there's also an image there of him actually pulling the fire alarm. We haven't seen actual video yet. Uh, Steve, he threw the sign. This, this appears to me to add more guilt, and it seems to me like he was agitated, uh, to say the least. Yeah, that that is definitely representative of somebody that's having a bad day. So he tosses the sign, and then uh, he pulls the fire alarm, uh, obviously on purpose, to delay the vote. Um, because things weren't going the way him and the squad wanted it to. So he decided on himself to take the action to delay that vote. And by doing that, he pulled an obvious fire alarm. We've all seen it now. Um, you can't distinguish it. There are no buttons to open those doors other than to use your hand and push the door open. So, um, you know, I, the man's guilty. And, you know, this is a common sense issue. That's all this is. It's common sense. What would a reasonable person do if he were in the same situation and the reasonable person would never pull the fire alarm, period? Kyle, uh, let's start talking about the crimes. Give me your statement on him throwing the signs. To me, that's kind of an agitated, kind of a, a premeditated thought process. He's angry. He starts throwing the signs out of the way. He isn't getting what he wants, and then that's when he goes for the fire alarm. Your thoughts? Well, you can't say that he didn't know that uh, there was a fire <laughs> alarm there and that it was a blocked door, right? <laughs> like, he's out there. If he's flipping over the sign, all it says is that he saw the sign because he had to lay hands on it. He didn't go, like, in, a, in some sort of, like, blind rage or feel his way out there in the dark. The guy's walking through a well-lit hallway. It was right about noon. And uh, and as was mentioned earlier is uh, in some of the, the, the back and forth, he could have texted and asked for a little bit more time because he was en route. It's not like these things are on a clock and uh, once the, you know, the big hand hits the little hand, then it's all over and they have to shut this down. They have flexibility on here. This is a post-COVID world. So they have the ability to text things out. Some of these people like are representing from like teleconference. They're not even showing up for physical votes. So the idea that he had to run through a, a closed door and then, and then even if he did, we saw the signs on the door. The well, door says that, it, you know, hit the, the crash bar is what's going to unlock it, right? What is that? There you go. That looks like, a, yeah. that looks like a fire alarm, Lance, don't it? <laughs> it's pretty obvious. I mean, it's, I, I, it's so I, absurd I, on its face. And here's the sad thing: like we're we're, nego we're negotiating whether or not this guy did something that is stupid and silly. That that should it's like a it's a middle school prank, which he used to be in charge of a middle school. He's probably experienced this prank before. Somebody doesn't want to take a test. Somebody doesn't want something to happen. They pull the fire alarm. Is that the kind of juvenile nature that we have in our in our representatives that have gone out there for this sort of auspicious office? They're supposed to be representing their constituents, and instead they're running around pulling fire alarms like a like a like an eighth grader who doesn't want to take a spelling test. It's it's sad. It's sad that that's the conversation that we're going to be having instead of the fact that we did a continuing resolution and we funded our government, which it should have been shut down. And, you know that was the whole point. I agree. Of, of, that was the whole point of taking over the House. We were expecting the Republicans to hold the line, start doing single-issue spending bills, and start actually approving our government's funding and appropriating funds the way that it was designed to be, not these enormous uh, omnibus bills. And a continuing resolution is just a resolution that's just kicking the can down. They say, you know what? We don't want to deal with this problem. There's too many things on the line. Let's just keep the funding where it is. Steve and I have both been paid under CRs. 
It's the dumbest thing in the world. Like I'd rather have it shut down. I had enough money in my pocket. The people that don't have made their own personal bad decisions. They're a national security risk, in my opinion. If you can't afford to I go agree. for a paycheck or two, I mean, the federal government pays pretty well for the kind of work that they demand of you. Kyle, you can work as hard as you want, but you, you don't have to. You said you expected the government to do whatever work is supposed to. So here's the scenario, because somebody asked this question <laughs> too. I'm going to give it to you. All FBI agents take their oath of office. We expect them to honor that oath of office, but a lot of them aren't. It doesn't mean anything to any of them anymore. I'm not you guys, but them. No, you know what? My, my buddy Steve Friend wrote a really good piece about this. He said a lot of people must be coming in, and I have to say that the, the director of the FBI and the attorney general seem to have the same attitude. They're treating it like an iPhone service agreement, like when you upgrade your software. Like, hey, here's all this stuff. Do you uh, scroll through that? Do, do you agree to that? Because otherwise we're not going to upgrade your, uh, your software. You go, oh, yeah, I agree. 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 Uh, the Constitution, I don't know. How many people actually know what it is that they're even agreeing to at this point? I would love to start querying federal agents and sit them down. And I'm not asking them to say whether they're swearing allegiance to the Article One powers of Congress or the Article Two powers of the executive or that they are going to defend the Article Three powers of the judiciary. I want to know, do you know what the Bill of Rights looks like? Because that's all that really where the rubber meets the road for me. Do you know what you are not allowed to do? Do you know that you're not allowed to infringe on civil liberties, specifically my free religion, the freedom of the press, which we have a big problem with right now, the freedom to assemble, which we apparently have run roughshod over that thing. And, you know, the idea that you could discuss ideas that are inflammatory and then maybe stay out of my gun locker, too. I don't want you coming into my safe. How about all those things? These are really straightforward things. That's what you're swearing your allegiance to. And how many guys know that? I know Steve does because we've talked about it. I know guys used to know that. Oh, you know, Lance, hold on. I'm going to say something. When Trump wins next year and becomes president, I vote, I nominate you two gentlemen to run the freaking FBI and either dismantle it and start over. I don't care. Just fix it. You guys up for the task? Yeah, absolutely. Don't I, sound I too mean, enthusiastic, I, Steve. Let me hear some oomph from you. I, listen, I ran, I ran on that for Congress. You I know. know. And I, I, wanted, I wanted to basically strip the FBI down from the top down. Um, First thing we have to do with the FBI is you've got to get rid of upper management. Upper management is one of the biggest problems that we have in the FBI right now because these guys are all towing the line, doing whatever they are told to do, and um, they don't rock the boat. They just want to get out, get that big, cushy security job at a big firm like Pfizer and make, you know, a million dollars a year. That's what they're looking for. Yeah. There's no doubt. And I think that your guys' positions at the FBI could really be uh, supported strongly if I was the OIG. Because I can tell you this right now, if they ever gave me a budget and the authority, oh yeah, we're bagging and tagging as fast as we can wrap these people up because the amount of crimes they're participating is just disgusting. What I'm tired of is exactly what Kyle just just nailed. I am so sick of the way that they just um, manipulate the rules and regulations in any way that they want to. It's clear that he did this. They want to apply the law, rules for thee, not for me. Uh, there is no rule of law. I look at the way that uh, so many of the agencies are violating the laws, even in investigations, whether it's illegal wiretaps, illegal GPS. I mean, there was a large uh, national issue that nobody's ever really addressed uh, correctly. Securus, who provides the uh, phone systems for all the prisons across the United States, had a problem in the software. All the uh, DOJ, FBI, and all the agents that were investigating cases where they had defendants on pretrial holds were Securus facilities, uh, were, were actually providing the phone services and the facilities those those software flaws allowed them to get all 
the legal calls unrestricted, fully recorded. Didn't matter whether it was the paralegals or the private investigators. Those cases have broke out in Texas, Kansas, Boston, California, and yet nobody's unified in saying, wow, it impacted thousands of federal cases. We've got an issue. We probably need to remand and reverse a lot of these charges because they were actually cheating the entire time. But it's those kind of things that are happening in volume across the country, and it's the way they operate, just like Bowman. I, I, we both chuckled, Steve, when he said, I don't understand why this is getting so much attention. But yet, the same thing that Kyle said, the, the, and you said about the arrest, you've got J6 people that literally saw the door open and walked inside. I have to be honest, George and I almost went to the Capitol. Had I seen the signs that said, don't enter, I probably wouldn't have. But I have to tell you, when I saw the guy with his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk, I was jealous. <laughs> and as stupid as that is, I might have been that guy. The point is, people were trying to redress their grievances, and I believe the only reason violence popped off as a comparison, and the most recent comparisons when people said they were comparing J6 to 911, I personally was disgusted by this. I still think there's many things that are in question about 9-11. And for, for anybody to compare January 6th to 9-11 and the loss of life, you guys both as federal agents have to be offended by that because I'm offended by it. At the same time, when I see in, uh, these, these grandmothers and these people that are being arrested for simply walking in the Capitol, some of them are waving at the guards and walking through. Some of them are giving out sandwiches and cookies. How the hell do you arrest these people and justify those actions? And then the committee and then the exculpatory and Brady material that's being destroyed. They destroyed so much evidence and they didn't provide people the ability to defend themselves. They have a right to have that material. And here they are hiding it. Kyle, your thoughts on this? Because this Bowman is just a further extension to me of everything wrong that's in D.C. He's like the poster child right now. Him and Diane Feinstein, we can put them both on a poster. Term limits and reasons that people in Congress suck. So the thing that keeps occurring to me, there was a movie that was years ago. It was one of those uh, kind of depressing movies. You thought it was going to be a good date movie, and it turns out to be pretty awful. And uh, <laughs> and it was called the uh, it was called the breakup. I want to say, does that sound right? It was, oh yeah, uh, it was I know with that Vince movie. Vaughn, and it had uh, uh, Jennifer. Yes. What was her name? Anyhow, yeah, they had the apartment. Point, like they had, it, so it gets to the crux of the issue there, and and it, 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 the scene is playing in my head. He gets she gets really mad at him because he didn't do the dishes, and he goes. All you have to do is like, you know, tell me to do dishes. She goes, no, no, no. I want you to want to do the dishes, which is completely fun, like fundamentally bizarre to men. We're like, what, why would I want to do the dishes? Which is what Vince Vaughn says. I want federal agents to want to do the right thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. I want them to want to not listen to jail phone calls that have an attorney on there. Is it easier to find out what the legal defense strategy is to build your case? Of course it is. And they might be having some things where they admit to something. They are entitled to due process. We have to be above that. You have to be better than that. And if your case is so weak and your investigative ability is so pathetic that you need to have the guy in a privileged conversation spill it in a way that if we had that happen, we would be all over trying to tamp it down for national security reasons. If that's the thing that's going to break your case, man, screw you. You suck. Go out and do your job harder. I had the same conversation with the president of the FBI Agents Association. He said he thought we should crack all end-to-end -end encrypted apps because theoretically, maybe some terrorists could hide there and maybe some child pornographers could hide there. And I said, you don't break the tool just because someone uses it wrong. You don't stop having locks just because someone uses a lock to keep somebody in a, in a closed room and imprison them. It's a, it's a small, small fraction of things that happen wrong. You still have to do the right thing when it happens. And so my problem is I want federal agents to do the right thing. And here's the other funny thing. 
That's what the Durham report said. It said the problem is not with policies and procedures at the FBI. The problem is people have not taken the oath and they have not taken fidelity, bravery, and integrity to heart and tried to live that out as a mantra. So mm -hmm. Steve and I are sitting out here looking at an agency that is full of corruptocrats all the way up to the top. You've got guys at the deputy director level who have girlfriends that work for the FBI that they're not supposed to have that are getting no-show jobs in D.C. That may or may not show up in the press, but that's what happened. And we've got the name and the receipts to back it up. Multiple people from the FBI's OGC have come forward and talked to people that have shared that information with me. It's been reported to the Office of the Inspector General. We've got people that are the uh, the head person at the at the Human Resources Division going out after pro-life Christians who said, we don't want to get a vaccine shot. And they decided basically, if you're not going to get the shot, you're not going to drop a knee for what we need you to. And we're going to crush you. So they pulled security clearances. I had my security clearance pulled over having a conversation with a local police officer in New Mexico. We were just chatting. He goes, hey man, can you not shoot here? And I said, I'm a second amendment guy. I'm a federal agent. I'm wearing my freaking badge on my, on my uh, belt right now. And I'm working out of a $500 pistol rig. No, I'm going to keep shooting out here in a safe direction, a half mile away from anybody that's any, there's, there's not even a building near me. And he goes, yeah, okay, I understand. And I quoted the state law to him and he didn't know what it was. It was a non-interaction. The FBI pulled my clearance for it. Why? Because that's I also crazy. said I wouldn't put stuff up my nose every 72 hours and get a COVID test. So when that's the kind of agency we're dealing with, of course, they're going to push the line. And it goes all the way down to the frontline supervisors. You know, Steve used to be a GS-14. He was a frontline supervisor. He was a squad supervisor. Those are the guys that are actually sending people into action. He, they're the guys that are sending people to pro-life activist house and knocking down these doors. It actually is a much bigger problem with culture because the people that have raised their hand and said, yes, I'm willing to be a supervisor, haven't taken on the honor that it should take on to do that. You, yeah, you I agree. Take on a little bit of a bigger paycheck. You become a, an administrative agent. You don't get to kick down doors anymore. You don't do to do a lot of the fun stuff that we used to be able to do if you want to be a 14. But guess what? You also have to set the line for what's right and wrong. And you got to model it to your we don't have management. I mean, we have only management rather. It's, it's no always from the top down. The corruption yeah, yeah. always starts at the top down because I still believe there's many good agents in the FBI. There's many good agents in the DHR. There's many good agents all through Washington, D.C. But when you have that kind of influence coming from the top, and, and, they're, and they're allowing and actually promoting these kind of things. And then the fact is, without accountability or consequences, it's like that bartender that starts stealing with from you. Uh, you own a bar, he steals one beer, he gets away with it. The next night he steals two beers, the next night he steals three beers. You still haven't caught him. By the end of the month, you're paying his rent. Mm -hmm. And the point is, that's the difference. Nobody is paying the price. The American public pays the price. When people get charged, the consequences of J6, the consequences of other things. When you look at the dirty 51 plus 8 and you look at the Russian collusion hoax, there's nobody that signed that document that said that that was a legitimate issue, that it really happened. All of those people committed treason, in my opinion, because they, they, were, they were attacking a sitting president. And they, they all still have their clearance first, and I don't. Yeah, all, all of a sudden civilian... Right? A, a civilian, then a president. And here they are investigating him. And you would listen to Dennis Montgomery and the tools that are being used that were foreign uh, surveillance tools that have been turned on the American public in 2006. He turned over 50-some disks to the FBI and other agencies in a skiff back in Washington, D.C. Nothing's ever come out of those disks. He proved it. What did they do? They try to discredit him, just like they do everybody else. Somebody brings up the truth. And Steve, I want I want you to cut, chime in here. And then, obviously, memes are on fire about Jamal. I would be remiss to not show the Big Mac Mafia some of these memes that are floating around. A couple of them flat crack me up. But Steve, give me your input. 
last words on Bowman. Uh, I think he's guilty. Tell me what you think about what Kyle just said about this top-down influence. Absolutely. Like I said, I was a headquarters supervisor, which means I worked out of Washington, D.C. for two years, uh, directly with Charlie McGonigal. We all know Charlie McGonigal. He was my unit chief. Um, he was also my SAC when I was in New York City. Um, you know, th these are the individuals that we're dealing with within the FBI. I also sat on the promotion board within uh, headquarters, which meant that we looked over the promotional uh, material of candidates and decided who would be promoted into headquarters. But, you know, I, I was the type of person that continually asked a lot of questions. And, and I, I was sort of a boat rocker because I didn't always go with the flow and I wasn't going to go with the flow. I asked a lot of questions. So in one instance where we're in a promotion board, uh, we get a knock at the door and a knock at the door is a unit chief. And the unit chief comes in and says, hey, listen, this is the guy that I want and hands over the paper. So. First of all, there was no, there, everybody was already to say, okay, let's let's promote this guy. But there was a, hand, a stack of papers for people across the country that were looking for the same job, that were better qualified. But because this person was a buddy of the unit chief and who did absolutely no work in the, putting his promotional yeah. package together, you know, he's the one that got the job. And there was only one dissenting vote in that room, and that was me. And of course, I took a lot of flack for that. But this is the FBI that we're dealing with today. Now, this was back in 2007. Think about this. This problem has gotten substantially worse from 07 to today. And I watched it get worse and worse to the point where I threw all of my stuff on the desk and I retired that day um, that we pulled in a 65-year-old grandmother for a January 6th protest who just wanted to go see Donald Trump, but because she was standing near the Capitol, they arrested her. Uh, I think it's it's a bunch of, and I'm going to, I don't normally cuss on air, a bunch of bullshit. What we've done to these individuals um, is a crime in itself, the January 6th protesters. And the fact that we had known instigators from the FBI in that, in, in within the protesters that were causing problems, that were doing things that they shouldn't, not the matter, not to mention the Antifa members that were in there and the Black Lives Matter people that were in there, all causing problems. Yeah. And then we're going to pin it on a few people that walk into the door of the of the Capitol and all of the rest of these people go, get off scot-free. And I want to add one more thing. I was working on a Saturday with a group of people in my office at the FBI in New York City when Black Lives Matter and, uh, protesters broke through the glass doors of the federal building trying to get in and were, you know, basically in the lobby. Now, nothing happened to those individuals, even though they broke the glass in the doors and entered illegally into the, F into the federal building. Nothing happened to them, but we're locking up 65-year-old grandmothers. It's, it's a crime. No, and, and, and that is so absolutely, you just nailed it. And, you know, and people are looking for that equal application of the law, equal protection on the law. They want the rule of law to apply equally. If somebody's guilty, regardless of party affiliation, color, religion, they want them prosecuted. And if somebody's not guilty, what they don't want is misapplication of the law, right? What they don't want is a weaponized DOJ, a weaponized FBI that you get these policies that are being handed down by the administration and others. And they're and they're decided. Let's face it. 
that event at J6, when you go and you watch some of the frontline videos and what videos they've given us, another thing that McCarthy said he was going to do and didn't do, another one of those floated stories to get the position of speaker, uh, the less lethal munitions that started popping off, if you look, uh, and anybody that's done any kind of service knows that when you start using pop smoke, it's one of the ways you communicate. There are different colors of pop smoke happening in the, in the crowd. And I would say that they were multiple federal agents or maybe multiple special forces or other people communicating. I also saw some hand signals that were clearly military hand signals. You look at Ray Epps at the front line and you look at some of the individuals who were around him. There are also some of the same individuals that appear to have broken through at the Capitol. Uh, you, you look how long it took to charge Ray Epps, but Ray Epps is looking at a misdemeanor, but yet there he is taking down barriers. He did the same thing that that uh, Proud Boys are being charged for, but even more so. He was telling people, we're going to break into the Capitol. We're going to do this. We've got to go. There's video after video, and I believe it's because he colluded with them. I, I My opinion is it all should be exposed, including all of Nancy Pelosi's text messages and emails a week leading up to the event, because in my opinion... Uh, the communication devices, when you become a congressional representative, they should be open to search and seizure at any moment. And in my opinion, it's, uh, it's ownership of the American public. And I'm not talking about anything that has to do with national um, security. I'm talking about the fact that it appears as though there were many people orchestrating the event. We heard it. Uh, we, had, uh, we had one of the Capitol Police on here. And we heard about Manger and Pittman and the ineffective way they went about dealing with the calls they got that there was more needed. Many of the officers were told to take that day off. So here we are with a gentleman that obviously did much of the same. He decided to interrupt a, an official proceeding. And Bowman is just that person. Hey, George, can you throw up? We're going to, I'm going to lighten up the tone here. And then I'm going to let Kyle jump in after I show these memes. We'll wrap it up and we're going to go to the cartels and we'll try to do that quickly. I appreciate you guys being so patient. Sorry about the technical stuff. George, media six, if you don't mind. If you're there. I'm here. <laughs> there you go. Chilling. You know, oh, the memes, it. the memesters are on fire. George, you can rapid fire these. Media seven. This is one of my favorites. I like this one a lot. I don't know why. I thought it was uh, well well executed. <laughs> it got a lot of likes. Yep. <laughs> there he is leading the charge, right? And then Media 8, I did this one for your daughter, Kyle. This is for your daughter. She knows the difference. Bowman clearly does not. That's right. Good Kyle, go. we'll, we're going to go to the cartels next, but give me your last words. Uh, guilty, not guilty, no low contendere. <laughs> I mean, he did the thing he said that, that, that he did because he told everybody he did it. That, like, here's the thing. We have a written confession from the man in a statement plus talking points on how to defend it in the press. It, it's not even it's not even a question of whether what, what happened happened. It did. He acknowledged it. And, and so the investigation is already over. We don't have to get any further into it. All we need to know is, is that we're not looking at an equal application of justice in this country. Because this, like I said, this shouldn't be a thing that we should be spending our time talking about. But we shouldn't be talking about most of the things that happened on January 6th either. And so, like you said, fundamental fairness is lacking dramatically in this country. It's taken a vacation. It's not come back. I would love to see it come back. I don't have a problem with people being prosecuted for committing crimes as long as everybody is doing it. And here's the thing that's never really talked about, and I'd love to see it talked about more. There are two ways that you can charge a crime in Washington, D.C. You can charge it in the Superior Court, which is the equivalent of the state charges, or you can charge it on the federal level in the district court. 
And they charged everything in the district court because they have heavy penalties. They are much nastier. They could have actually run all these misdemeanors through the superior court dockets, which they would have been dismissed from because they're dealing with the things that deal with, you know, violence in D.C. People are getting stabbed on a nightly basis. People are getting shot and robbed and cars are being jacked and all the other kind of horrible things that go on in D.C. D.C. is a war zone in many ways. And I worked on the streets there as a surveillance guy for three years. I saw all the worst parts of it. And rather than us messing around with that, that's where those those charges should have gone. It's like, oh, you're a trespasser in the Capitol. You've been charged with this thing. It has been dismissed because we're dealing with this dude. He stabbed a lady in the neck 14 times last night. We're going to probably handle that instead. There was no prioritization. They actually bumped up the priority of something that shouldn't have been a priority at all. And so that's why people feel like there's an injustice that's happening. And so, you know, they say that mm -hmm. the FBI Academy, sometimes there's justice. Sometimes it's just us. Right now, it's just us, y'all. I'm just saying... I agree. So, uh, you know, we've seen the uh, our D.C., uh, uh, you know, I call them the deep state cabal. They're ineffective. We've seen Washington, D.C., their policies. Uh, one of the worst policies right now is the border. Uh, they took an oath to protect it from all enemies, foreign and domestic. It appears as though that's not a priority. Uh, illegal immigration. I think they hit some crazy number last month. I think the number I heard was 265,000 on actual gotchas, not including the gotaways. Uh, I, I, I made a new logo for the uh, Border Patrol. Uh, I, I wanted to change their name to the Welcome Wagon. So I made them a new logo that I put up on uh, X the other day because I think that's what we've got. We've got people getting paid to do a job and they're not allowed to do their job. And I think many of them are bothered by that. But of course, it's the same thing we just discussed it's from the top down. The cartels have had a banner year. Joe Biden and his administration, I think they should get employees of the year uh, for the cartels. They've made them more money than ever. Human trafficking, child trafficking. Uh, the coyotes are flusher than anybody ever realized. The cartels have gotten much more sophisticated. They're investing their money in advanced technology, and that's what we're seeing. I don't know how familiar you guys are. I just broke this story the other day. I don't know how much coverage it's got so far, but up till now, the cartels have always, uh, it's always been a pattern that guns have moved north to south. You've seen it with the Fast and Furious investigation. You've seen it with others. Uh, you guys, how much do you know about the guns moving north to south with the cartels? What are you familiar with, either one of you? Now, why don't you go, Steve, first? Well, you know, um, I didn't have too much experience with that um, working in New York City, but I know Kyle did working uh, as close to the, uh, you know, living basically down there and being close to the border. But, um, you know, we do know that for a fact that um, a lot of the guns are purchased here um, legally, packaged up, and then smuggled across the border uh, to the cartels. Um, and that's the way it's been since basically the beginning of time, um, and nothing has changed. But what I understand now is that uh, things are going to get a lot worse. I think they've got a plan. Kyle, give me your take on the flow of guns up till now. It's always been north to south. You buy in the United States where they're legal. You're not allowed to own them in Mexico. That's a Mexico problem, it turns out. It's actually a felony in the United States, too, because you're talking about a straw purchase, which means you're both lying on a federal form. The 4473 background check as you buy the gun, you can tell I buy a lot of them. You know, when you know the form names, you know you're one of those guys that has a lot of them. There's hundreds of those forms with my name on them. 
And they're buying the guns in the U.S. They're buying them as the non-intended purchaser. Then they're turning around, packing them up. They drive them down through Arizona, you know, Nogales or whatever it may be. They're driving down through my friends in Antelope Wells, or they're doing it in Las Cruces. They're going down through Anthony. They're going across the Bridge of the Americas. That becomes a Mexican problem because now you've got people on the Mexican side that are looking the other way as well. Famous corruption that happens there, but also, you know, you're breaking laws in now two areas, both in the United States and in Mexico by doing that. And the trafficking has always been, you know, from our area where you can access them. Firearms are plentiful and we have a protected liberty to them. The Mexicans don't have that privilege. So they are having them that way. So that's always been the case. And unfortunately, I even have friends like uh, Victor of, um, Avila, who was who was shot and almost killed. And his partner actually was killed down in Mexico from guns that were run by the United States government. Because in theory, we were actually trying to figure out what the cartels were up to. We were actively arming the cartels through Fast and Furious. So there's always been a federal interest in it. It's been ATF, it's been FBI and others. And, uh, you know, the problem is, is when you put guns down into the hands of people in the cartels and they decide to come across the border and do violence, now they're armed with the kind of stuff that we can buy legally that they've been able to traffic the people and God knows who has them. And so now you're dealing with a, like a potential war zone. Some of these guys are running out there with 50 cals. I mean, these guys are moving up there with serious yeah. equipment. And that's a big point. Uh, it's changing what it's I got from my sources in D.C. Well, it looks like it's going to be a big difference. The cartels have been able to make major upgrades on all their weapons caches. Some of it's some of the weapons that we left behind, the $100 billion worth of weapons we left in Afghanistan. We've seen them on the dark web. I'm going to show you some images. We've seen cartel members with U.S dark web purchases obviously because they've got uh, anti-tank weapons we've seen sophisticated sniper systems we've seen some of the m4s and some of the other material we've seen some of the quad mono goggle setups those sixty thousand dollar night vision setups that's with the cartels this the the, the Jalisco has been one of the uh, most upgraded of the cartels but they're all doing it uh they also have made inroads because we have identified uh, plenty of images. We actually did it on the show here not too long ago. Uh, South African weapons. As you know, South Africa is one of the largest manufacturers of kind of third world weaponry. I don't want to say third world. It's not because of the quality, but they are a big manufacturer of lots of weapon systems. And we've now identified that the cartels are showing up with South Africa. And these are military grade weapons. So up until now, the U.S. grade weapons they've been buying are mostly civilian available, whether or not some of them were were, were, were actually manufactured. And it's not new to the cartels having gunsmiths. They've always had gunsmiths. That's why you see the gold-plated weapons and that. They've always had gunsmiths to their own teams. They're fairly exclusive. Doesn't matter which cartel it is. They all have their own guys that do the work. But what's going on now is there's evidence that they've been buying 3D and 4D mills and lays, much like the ghost gunner system that you guys have seen for making ghost guns which everybody uh, that doesn't know what a ghost gun is, that's a non-serialed uh, gun. Usually the receivers are made with one of these mills and then you can easily buy parts. It's a way to avoid filling out federal paperwork and create a weapon that is uh, untraceable for the most part. That's a ghost gunner mill, but they've actually, uh, my source has indicated that they have seen Chinese versions of this. Uh, they actually stopped a sea container that had hundreds of these units in it. Um, so, so consider this though, the, like these pipelines exist and, and the, the business of the cartels is not specific to any particular product. It's for illicit demand and they're going to meet it with a supply and the Chinese bring in precursors, whether they be for fentanyl or for methamphetamines, it doesn't correct. make a difference. The Chinese pipeline is already in there. And if it turns out that there's a market for guns 
then it's a market for guns. They can bring precursors to anything. They can knock off all the technologies we have, whether it Correct. be 3D mills and so on. So this is a well-established thing. Lest anybody think that this makes no sense. Of course it makes sense. When you're in the business of providing whatever the, you know, the, the demand is, you just create the supply. The Chinese have the supply of everything. Here's so, again, Lance, the, hold the on. cartels from the top. Go ahead, George. I'm sorry. No, I just want to add something. So, guys, this is what I'm buying, Lance, for a stock and stuff. For, would you guys like one, too? Because I'll get you one, too. I'm going to jolt you. You're on the dark web. Three for one is a javelins? better deal than just buying one at a time. Yeah, Javelin, in case you need one. You oh. know, you don't, you don't want to need it and not have it is all I'm thinking. Yeah, one, uh, two is one, one is none. So give me, I'll do, I'll do two. I don't need to get greedy. Whoa. I don't want to carry that around. I said I'll get you one, bro. I got to get one now, for listen, Steve and Lance. I just heard three, for, I heard three was the pricing is where you get the breakdown. So. Well, what about yeah, Lance he's, and Steve? He's right. Now, Steve, I know Steve wants one, but he doesn't want to say it on air. Here's right. the deal, George. I, I thought maybe you guys would get it for me for Christmas. I don't know. That's why I said stocking stuffer. Media twelve, media twelve. Here's a member the of the stuffer. cartel. Uh, yeah, this is and this is my point, and then we're going to go to where this is leading to. Uh, and then George, just give me a fast run on media thirteen and fourteen. These are more weapons that came directly off the dark web. These are all been linked back to the Afghanistan ca uh, cache of weapons that was given to the Taliban by our current administration. Isn't it interesting to note too? That Barack Obama's administration was running guns down to the cartels from the, our side, and uh, Obama—I'm sorry—then uh, his his predecessor, or, or sorry, his uh, protege comes in afterwards and decides to leave a bunch more of them in uh, in Afghanistan, so that the Chinese can reverse engineer all of our night vision capabilities, build up some of our weapon capabilities. You know, because these things got sold off right away. These, this they, they didn't keep all the capabilities no. that we had. No. They're selling off our Blackhawks. They're selling off our electronics. Some of them were functional or not, but if you think the Chinese couldn't go through it and get some value out of it, like all the those things are ITAR controlled. Kyle, did you know? Did you know they actually left our entire battlefield uh, systems over there, including the planes and all the hardware? Do you know they left uh, military encrypted radio sets? I do. With the yeah, encryption, encryption chips in them? I, sure. I, I did a bunch of stuff that I gave to the Gateway Pundit because I had somebody on the ground that worked with MI6 that was on the, from, the, from the British and he was on the ground over there. What I think is interesting is people don't realize the quality. Now, here is a Jalisco member. A lot of people think the cartels aren't sophisticated. Here he is wearing jammer. That's a jammer. Mm -hmm. So they're using it uh, They're using it on their teams, and I'm calling them teams because look at the way that, that individual's equipped, and that's a cartel member. Look at the guy behind him. police officer. Yeah. So those jammers, are they're sending them in so if they're going after another cartel, they're jamming all their signals so they can't call out for reinforcements. They're also using $35,000 top-of-the-line jammers that they've armed in their vehicles. So they're basically jamming all the signals on their way in when they're going to hit another cartel. What's interesting is the cartels are now, br the, 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 the intel I got is that they are investing money with politicians that are anti-gun. And their long-term game plan is hoping that the gun the law restrictions will be increased in the U.S. They will continue to uh, figure out ways to not allow us uh, to have our 2A right. And they're going to optimize it in a new financial vertical. Their plan is to create Glocks. I've got a picture of Glock Sears that were seized down there that were manufactured by them. Uh, we've the seen switchies. these Glock Sears come out of China. Now they're shipping them rather than one unit. They ship them in pieces, which is very hard to catch coming through the border. But it's not only the Chinese. Obviously, the parts for guns are still coming out of the U.S. and China and potentially South Africa. It's not like the M16 weapon system hasn't been cloned by many countries around the world. It's been out for so long. But now their plan is 
is to continue to support the politicians that are anti-gun uh, in the hopes that they are successful in stopping it because here's their new income stream vertical. They've got fentanyl, car fentanyl. They've got all the other drugs, you know, obviously cocaine, uh, methamphetamine. Uh, they've got an, an amazing, sophisticated coyote trafficking network. And now their next vertical they plan on going to is actually reversing the flow of guns and now reversing the flow from south to north to arm the individuals that still want guns on the streets of the U.S., assuming that uh, D.C. is successful in restrictive gun laws. How do you like that, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it at all, especially as a former firearms instructor for the FBI. Um, like, if anybody's, if you're following me on social media, uh, on X or Truth Social, I've hit on these several times. The fact that we have let in and, I, and my estimate is, and I believe this wholeheartedly, that we've, we've let in at least 20 million illegal aliens into the country. Um, these individuals, a majority of them, I would say probably two-thirds or more, are um, military-age men who are going to out and they're going to find a, try to find a job, and they're going to realize that the American dream isn't what they had dreamed it to be, and they're going to turn to a life of crime. Uh, they're going to join gangs, they're going to go out on their own, and they're going to need weapons to do that. And they're going to need weapons cheap. And the cartels are going to supply those weapons on the cheap. And um, we're going to have, you think we have war zones now in our cities, those war zones are going to break out, start um, basically working their way through the suburbs, where, you know, you're on your way to the convenience store in a safe neighborhood, and a gang war breaks out on the on the street corner. And you're saying to yourself, how could this happen in America? Well, because you sat on your hands while 20 million people came across the border illegally. We don't know who they are. We don't know what they're about. We don't know what their past is. We don't know what diseases they were carrying. Um, we needed the, you know, we've said this a thousand times, you needed a, to get a, a vaccine here, but anybody could come across the border. Mm -hmm. Any disease that they were carrying, and yeah. now, in New York City, they're letting them in the school district unvaccinated, right? No polio. Based on Ben Berkwam and Michael Yan, syphilis, polio, yeah. uh, you know, emphysema. Dengue's coming up. I mean, right. 81, uh, Ben Berkwam showed me a bag he has with 81 different countries' IDs, because a lot of them are throwing their ID away and they're just giving the information in any way they want. 81 different countries invading our border. And I agree with you, the military age is an issue. Kyle, have you heard about the transnational gangs that are actually coming in in groups to focus on going into wealthy neighborhoods to commit burglaries? That hit the news over the last couple of days. And these are actual international, these are transnational gangs, and they're coming to as an organized couple coming over here, a couple over there, and they're reuniting, and they're going into areas in like uh, Detroit, Michigan, or other affluent neighborhoods, and they're specifically targeting the affluent. Most of them Democrats, so I guess you get what you vote for. But Kyle, <laughs> have you heard about that? So I haven't heard that specifically, but that's just one more step in escalation of what we've been seeing for a very long time, particularly uh, when we are living up in the you know New England area. You've got massive amounts. When we say transnational organized crimes, we're talking about uh, gang syndicates, whether it be MS-13 mm -hmm. or La MA or Latin Kings or Take Your Pick. Mm -hmm. Many of them are managed outside the United States, so that's kind of where the transnational end of it comes in. And right. they do what organized crime has always done. 
They set up affiliates wherever they go. They have different names. If you're talking about MS-13, which I worked a lot, they call them clicks. And the clicks go out there. They have a bunch of like kind of foot soldier type guys and they have to live somewhere. So we would see entire houses rented out, like really nice houses in nice neighborhoods, five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars in a neighborhood. Up, oh, he froze up there. But in the nice part of Northern Virginia, did I freeze up? Yeah, you're good. You're back. Okay. So you, you'd see some of these uh, these people living like right next door to the McMansions where someone dropped $1.1 million. They'd be Incredible. living in a 70s sort of rambler. They'd have 25 families in them. Some of them are sex slaves. Some of them are there just making an anchor baby. Some of them are just living and working from day to day. And, uh, and some of them are out there engaged in crime. We found a top 10 most wanted Texas criminal. He had killed a federal informant, shot four other people in Texas, ran up to Northern Virginia, and we ended up catching him in a house with 25 other people in there. You know, you've got basically four families in there living, and this is common. So the idea that they would start burglarizing these neighborhoods is totally within the range of what you would expect for these types of folks. They're not doing things that are lawful, so why would they, like, inhibit themselves? And the other thing they're seeing is that when they keep pushing, right, they're not meeting with forceful resistance. They're not seeing the full bright, uh, you know, the might of the uh, yeah, FBI coming down absolutely. on them, dismantling their clique. What they're seeing is the FBI is going after people that are 65-year-old protesters that happen to take a walk, an unguided tour of the Capitol. So they got free reign because instead of having 10 squads handling these types of guys, and they are guys, they are military-age males, like Steve just said, you know, we've got three or four squads right now in the Washington field office in the nation's capital that are running down J6ers and they have one squad that's running after MS-13. One. That's five, yeah. six agents that are doing it. They run their asses off. There's no other way around it. And the people that could be helping them out are instead like trying to figure out if they can press trespassing charges and obstruction charges on some old lady who's in Alaska. It's like it's absurd on its face, but that's what's going on. And this is the time that everybody needs to wake up. This is the unification. This is the education. This is the exposing. We have to make a difference. And it comes down to us because there is no white knight on the horizon. I want to give both of you guys an opportunity. Kyle, where can they find you? I know you've got a great show going on, highly successful, very popular already. Tell us where they can find you on social media. And then, Steve, I'm going to have you do the same thing. Where can they find you, follow you? You guys put out lots of great information. I think you're both well worth the follow. To the Big Mig subscribers and all our listeners on all our channels, follow these guys support them get the message out that's how we're going to do this we have to keep pushing the information kyle go so if you want to find me on uh, x and on um, true social that's kind of my big two as far as the social media platforms i'm always the same it's at kyle seraphin my last name is s-e-r-a-p-h-i-n it's a lot like the angel but with an n on the end of it uh, that's a illiterate grandfather for you who came in from canada if you will he was a possibly illegal immigrant at that time, but nobody cared. <laughs> nobody cared. There was no safety net. If you want to find me on my Rumble show, which we do on um, at 9.30 Eastern time, five days a week, we do that uh, on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. So that's pretty easy to find as well. And you can go back and look and find it. I did a great podcast with Steve. He's been on there at least twice, maybe three times. He's always got good information there and he's gotten a lot of uh, chance to kind of share his backstory and who he was. So if you got some curiosity, you can dig into our archives and find some Steve Gray too. Steve, where can they find you? Tell us. Yeah, so uh, on X, you can find me uh, at, at Steve Gray, NJ4. It's S-T-E-V-E-G-R-A-Y, NJ4. And on True Social, you can get me at just at, at Steve Gray. Um, I'm sorry, I, I've kind of drifted away from Getter. Um, it, it's a great platform, um, uh, but I, for some reason, um, I've just kind of drifted away from it. You can still get me there at, at, at Steve Gray, NJ4 as well. Um, 
I don't have a podcast. Uh, I you can look up. I've done over sixty four television interviews. Um, you can look me look me up on Rumble and uh, check out those uh, old old interviews of me talking about the problems within the FBI and what we need to address them. And um, yeah, and uh, if you do, uh, I, if you haven't heard Kyle's show, uh, he's got a great show, and uh, uh, I urge uh, people to not only tune into the Big Mig but also the Kyle show as well. I really appreciate it. I want to say thank you, Kyle, for joining us and giving us as much time as you did. And thank you, Steve. I appreciate you coming out of semi-retirement of doing shows and coming on air. You guys are always interesting. You've always got inside track and incredible information. I, I'm compelling everybody to subscribe and follow to these guys. I'm just telling you it'll be well worth it. They're two truth tellers. God save the republic, tip of the spear, unify America, educate your neighbors, educate your family, keep fighting. We can't give up. If we don't win now, there may not be a republic to save. I appreciate the Big MIG subscribers. Always follow us, like us, comment, share, put our content everywhere, disseminate. Thank guys. We love you, Big MIG Mafia. Peace out. We're gone. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>